What's up, everybody? This is the Culture Corner where we review culture. In today's segment, we are going to review the Matt Walsh, The Daily Wire, new documentary, What is a Woman? Seems like it's a pretty simple question to answer, but you would be surprised at how many people couldn't answer that question. We have a special guest on with us today, our good friend Vincent Williams. So us three watched the documentary together and we are going to give you our review together. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. That helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, you can go to our website, you can donate an amount of your choosing, or you can buy some merch. The merch is amazing. And if you know somebody that is interested in the things that we talk about, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. As you heard in the intro, we are a weekly Tuesday podcast, but as we are starting to expand, you're seeing Vince on the episodes a little bit more often. We're doing more content. Guess what? We have a surprise bonus episode this week. Uh, So this is a Thursday episode, and we are going to review What is a Woman by The Daily Wire and Matt Walsh. Uh, A lot of people that listen to this show, they're very much into politics, so a lot of you might have heard about that documentary, but maybe you're on the fence about watching it, and you're not sure, should you watch it? Should you join The Daily Wire? What should you do? You hear people in the conservative political realm talking about this documentary, uh, and that's what we're here for. We're going to discuss it and give you a very full, fleshed-out review. Um, Before we get into it, though, uh, it's important to note that not... Not everybody in the mainstream media is talking about this. You're not getting a lot of reviews on this. So that's why I felt like it was a good idea for us to do this because the response uh, thus far, only one critic has reviewed the movie thus far. Yeah. Uh, at over 2,000 people, uh, 2,000 users, like uh, audience members, have uh, reviewed the documentary, but. Only one critic has reviewed the movie, so that says a lot. But out of the 2,000 plus people that have watched the movie, they are giving it, uh, the, thus far they have it rated at 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's pretty interesting. First and foremost, what stood out to you guys? Oh, let, let me rephrase. What was the most memorable part of the documentary to you guys? Um, so for me, it was that so many so-called experts that Matt Walsh sat down with could not answer outright what is a woman. 
they'll sidetrack, they'll start talking about different things, about identity and all this, but when he, when he would get back to it and ask, well, what is a woman? It's the fact that, well, the truth of what is a woman kind of derails our argument. And so no matter if you, you have a PhD in this and a BA in that and the degree in this or you're a professor of this or you're a pediatrician or a psychiatrist, people that we so-called experts or so-called experts um they don't know the answer to that or they do know the answer to that but it diminishes where they stand and so that's the one thing that 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 stood out to me i don't have any one thing by the way my pronouns are male male uh, uh guy <laughs> male <laughs> guy <laughs> well that's the end of this episode <laughs> but uh i don't have any one particular scene that stood out but just an ov a couple of overall things that stood out to me yeah. one people need to grow up like 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 seriously there's so there was so much like people talking these big vast story like 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 they're reading a storybook like oh you know the dragon climbed the castle and you know like just kind of that real fantastical kind of uh fairy tale world that they're living in like like seriously grow up like like you're a man or you're a woman like it, it like to, to me it's really just that cut and dry and then the other thing that stood out is how much of a ponzi scheme this all is like this like this is all part of me feels like this is just a big scheme to make money i mentioned this with the uh roe versus wade episode dr bernard nathanson he was yeah. an abortionist um he lied about uh abortion statistics when he was practicing abortions yeah and then uh later on when he later on when he i guess found his faith he uh he said you know he admitted that he lied well part of that was because there's big money in abortions at the time yeah and right now there's big money in sex changes hormone drugs uh transgender surgeries and um there's a lot of people getting paid a lot of money off of this movement and i think that's driving a lot of the disinformation about all this so those those two things stood out to me do you guys think it was intentional or coincidental that this was released in pride month oh no this was intentional yeah this was very much I, intentional. I would say it's, it, it, yeah it's and intentional. right right at the beginning because um i can't remember what conservative it might have been Jason Whitlock, but he mentioned how conservatives are always battling on the liberals playground. And yeah. we, we always argue things on their terms. And I think this was kind of a way of Matt Walsh and the Daily Wire trying to flip the script a little bit. So, you know, like, hey, let let us start setting the narrative. Um, I also think and I. Well, I wouldn't say that 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 we we battle them on their terms. It's just that they'll they'll rig the game. They'll set the rules, and we'll be like, "All right, whatever. Yeah, just let's get in the ring. Let's the well." You, so the right does that a lot. Like, "Oh yeah, well, that's the rules. Yeah, we'll get in." 
Because if you think that you could beat them, you'll beat them in whatever rigged game. Because like a lot of the times that that was what Matt Walsh was doing, right? He's going into their world, but that's when you're in seek of the truth, or where when you're in seek of of the facts, or when you're in seeking logic, like there really is really one avenue. But um, the thing that concerned me, and 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 I wonder, and I. Uh, and I'd, I'd ask you guys, do you think if this was, this type of documentary was recorded, mm, let's say, late 90s, early 2000s, the people, because you know how, like, it was, you know, doctors or psychiatrists or authors or whatever, but in between those interviews, he was kind of talking to the public. Do you think that the public would have been a lot more opinionated? Because I did feel that when... They talked when he was talking to the people. He would be like, "Oh, what's a woman?" And then they'd be like, "Oh, I, oh, I don't know. Uh, well, I guess if you want to be, I guess if it was like more, I'm not gonna answer this question because I don't want to offend anybody. Do you think that the time frame of this? Well, the people that he was talking to in the public. There was a certain selection process that went along with it. Like these, like you had the guy with a sock over his dick, like <laughs> in in what was in San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, that guy just based off of profiling him yeah. in San Francisco, walking around naked, didn't care. As Matt Walsh asked him about about kids, the only thing the guy said in terms of kids is like, "Oh, well, I raised two daughters." All right, well, we're not talking about your daughters right now. We're talking about whatever little kid could walk past and see your dick in a sock and nothing else on. He didn't seem very concerned with that. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry where that guy is going to lean on the spectrum of of what is a woman. Uh, Same thing with the other guy that was clearly a man, but looked like a very ugly woman, had breasts and, and stuff like that. And then ended up walking away from the interview. Specifically, pretty cut and dry, like where where they're gonna stand. Same thing at the at the the women's abortion march. Same thing. None of the women there were even wanted to answer. They didn't even want him there. They were calling him an asshole. Similar to remember when we covered Roe versus Wade, and I was trying to cultivate that debate between those two guys and the one guy on the pro-abortion side he was he said he was unidentified so i mean i I think these people were selected for that reason i do believe that the vast majority of the population though would answer similar to how we would answer that question yeah like there's like some of the i'm sure some of the uh footage on the cutting room floor probably has people answering the question you know but like we would answer, yeah. But like, like a woman it, is is an adult female that can give birth, like that. You know what I'm saying? Like something like very simple that yeah. anybody, any body can answer. But when when so much agenda has been pumped in to the public square and 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 indoctrination, well, then things start to get skewed. But uh, but your normal everyday person, I think can answer that question pretty easily yeah 
another thing too, and I guess I don't know. It, would gender dysphoria be? I guess I would have to look this up. Be a more a mental issue than it is. Like is, is that a, considered? It's a hundred percent mental. So then, at that point, when you talk or when you debate, and you're like, "Well, some like people that want to switch their sexes might be better off." Because I've heard this argument before. It was like, "Might be better off seeking like treatment in in this on the psychiatric side than to." switch their genders that becomes a conversation of well this is homophobic or this is transphobic or this is i think that kind of hurts people no because well that that's essentially one of the things that this documentary is attempting to establish is that right now you know everybody is is so accepting of the movement and they're not giving any pushback to the agenda but they're not looking at the long-term effects, which he did a great job by interviewing that one particular woman that transitioned into a man and how she was saying, I have all of these infections. I'm not going to live very long. Mm -hmm. The suicide rate uh, uh, seven to 10 years after Surgery. surgery is very high. All of these things should be looked at. Why is this being perpetuated on children? That was that was that was a great the hormone blockers display. causing uh or potentially causing osteoporosis on that little girl. You know, we don't know the effects. Just like, well, this is the same argument that we had even about the jab. Like, how do we know how it will affect you if it's new and if you can't protect yourself legally? Yeah. And if you're being forced to do this, like, do you think that it's fair to tell someone you have to do that? You could, I think it's fair to say, hey, listen, this is, this is, um, experimental at the moment. We're tr- these are the trials. You get to take it if you want. If you don't, perfectly fine. You know. And and that's and that I thought about that during the uh, during the documentary, that I'm pretty sure a lot of these people in the documentary took the jab. Oh and, yeah. And here's the thing. They they have no qualms about it because, well, they're already taking exper- experimental drugs and all these experimental procedures. Yeah. I, I think, uh, actually, you pointed it out because you mentioned that you've read a book by one of the people that he Oh, yeah. Um, Mr. Truman. What was, what's the guy's name? Uh, well, I know the... I actually should have it on my, like, what I've been listening to. Well, one of the people that he interviewed in the documentary... Carl Truman. Carl Truman, yeah. uh, he interviewed him, and I think that he said something that was pretty profound in the sense that he ties into he ties everything that's going on and how much people are accepting this agenda. He ties it into value and worth, and how we're we're at a place now where. You know, people, they want to have values and they want to stand for something and they want to have purpose, but because they don't know and everything is offensive and, and you could only say certain things and certain ideas are not even okay to explore uh, or are too controversial. So what it is, how, how do people show that they have value? Oh, well, by being part of an online community 
Yes. And, and and we've talked about this before. Having their own special uh, set of adjectives and terms. Well, we've talked about this before. How yeah. it was, there was such a, a collection of people, and it was such a display of collectivist mentality. With uh, in 2020, with the BLM uh, protests and riots and everything, in the midst of all of that, there were so many people on social media that posted the black square. Yeah. It's like, oh, right. Well, that's a purpose right there. You're showing I, I'm I'm showing that I'm a contributing member of society. Well, now with the trans agenda, it's the same thing. It's you got the people that are in the midst of of being uncertain and and having gender dysphoria, which is a very small percentage. And then the other people that it's just pretty much by proxy of all of that stuff. Are like oh well this is this is cool it's the it thing I wanna I wanna explore this or you know the this person on TikTok got their tits cut off and they got all these followers yeah. and all of this type of stuff I mean when I hear all of that because really I I think where this uh, documentary climaxes is how it affects children because obviously an adult whatever you do what you're going to do but the fact that this is being foisted on children is being perpetuated so heavily we're in the midst of Ron DeSantis fighting Disney because of grooming and everything like that so obviously this is something that a lot of people are concerned about parents included but at what point do parents get the blame because I'm seeing when I when in the documentary when he did that that um, montage of of TikToks for all all of these you know real young people yeah adolescents early adolescents uh, early adult I'm thinking okay well like where are their parents like at what that, point yeah. like, like why are you allowing this well this is the thing though and we we've talked about this a lot when it comes to the parenting that happens that we've seen which is you're on autopilot the teachers teach the teachers kind of take on a parenting role not the parent and you're worried about oh I gotta work oh I gotta do this like being a mom and dad is more than working and and supplying like you know alright you live here but a lot of people do that me growing up where I grew up and even having friends that have had parents like that you see why sometimes kids kind of lose their way and yeah you're right that that like where are the parents but the thing is they're there but then they think that they're really doing a good job or they think that oh well, I have a kid and he has an iPad and like I bought him a PS5 and that's just that's enough no no it's not enough because your kid is on TikTok watching this shit doing all these videos you don't really know the shit that this kid is exposed to you don't really know and and you should and you should know but you don't you don't really have any parental controls over this stuff over these devices what's the difference between when we were growing up to now like I don't even see kids out like I like well, when we were kids what happened why are they inside why aren't they outside playing with other kids so these are things that these are cultural shifts that we have allowed as a society. I mean, not not us in particular because we don't have kids, but being a dad and being a mom, 
you should kind of give a fuck where your kid is trending towards and try to at least, I mean, I'm not saying force a kid to do anything, but like, hey, this is something that you should... Well, no, as a parent, you have the right to force them. Yeah. Like, if the kid don't want to go to school, why well, are you sick? No, I just no. don't want to go. No, get your ass to school. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I in some cases, you do force Well, yeah, in, in that regard, but I guess what I'm saying is, like, you don't have to throw your kid out of the house. No, just be like, there's, it, this is the outside. You breathe air, and here's a bike. Find your way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, go, and if the kid... I. If the kid doesn't, all right. Well, we're gonna go on a bike ride. Like, be more proactive in getting the kid out of like the element of of uh, being in the house because now you're not really in society. You're online, right? And and it, and it actually makes sense that like um, Carl Truman, because because I hit, I think he's a Christian theolog uh, theologian. I think that's what they um, theologian. Th- yeah, theologian. So so like basically. The value to him is like it's being guarded towards, well, the community, right? But if you think about like going to church, that is kind of community based. And then the things that the church teaches is kind of community, family oriented, family based. And so when you lose that, which you have lost that in modern day society, or you're losing that, I don't, I don't think that we're at the point where we've lost that, but we've, we're, it's definitely trending down. You start seeking kind of like to be part of something else. Something has to take over what you used to like. Uh, what used to be the norm as far as community. Yeah. And and what do we what do we always notice is like well community has dwindled. Yeah. In the sense of like the physical community, online communities probably thrive right because you're on Facebook, and it's also easier right. Because it's like, oh, this person thinks that. Oh, I, I like, I'm going to follow them. I'm going to follow this. It's not like, oh, hey, this motherfucker knows uh, the electrician and this guy does the mechanic and this this is actual real tangible stuff. Things that you need to kind of survive as a community. Yeah. And you don't have that as much anymore. Like when it comes to like living on a, on a neighborhood block, like you don't really know your next door neighbor. You don't really know the person who lives in the corner. Like... And but even if you did, I think there are so many people that want to be so politically correct about things that I don't know how much it would positively positively impact this sort of societal ill. I think what parents need to do, and I think where parents need to do a better job, is in developing the mentality and personality traits in their children to circumvent whatever stigma to whatever stigma they feel that they're going to receive from people for displaying certain principles well as long as you're being true to yourself you you circumvent that stuff and and yeah. and you got too many people that are too concerned was being politically correct. And so even if you know the neighbors or whatever, whatever, and who is really going to stand in front of this overtaking kids? Like, who's really going to be there and be like, oh, you know what, you kids, like, you probably should uh, think differently about this 
or at least wait till your uh, puberty. No, because that's bigotry now. That's considered bigoted. Mm-hmm. So it really starts at home. It's like, well, when if if somebody first off, first and foremost, if if the kid is not he has not even reached puberty yet. Parents need to be like, well, no, if, if a little boy is like, oh, I, I'm a little girl, I feel like a little girl. No, you're not. You're a boy. Like, reinforce what they are biologically. Now, once they get to pu- puberty age, because typically at puberty age is when, like, if a boy is a boy and he's straight, you're going to know by how much interest, how much more interested he is in the opposite sex. Yes. So then at that point, nature is just going to kind of run its course. Like, all right, this motherfucker. But you're not even letting them in many cases get to that point. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like at that point from, from, from birth to puberty age, it ain't even about the community. It's about parenting. Like, listen, no, you're a boy. Yeah. Now, once they get to puberty age and you see that things are not quite going as natural as they should, well, then at that point, you do other things. But but un- up until that age, I don't see why a person wouldn't continuously reinforce in a child, no, you're this age. Yeah, you're you're this you're this sex because you're this age. And then when they get to a certain age, then... I don't know. They're on their own. I see what you're saying, but I think where we're at, we're like, uh, we're not in a good place because like, okay, your kid goes to school. Yeah, you could do a lot of reinforcing, but like schools as we have like went even way more left than when we, so it's like, well, there I, has to be. I got the answer. I got the answer to that. So before any of that even comes into play, because I'm, th- I'm, as the two of you were talking, I thought about Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon's got like nine kids or eight, nine kids, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's and, you know, people online push back on Nick Cannon like, oh, well, you know, you know, if he if he's got if he's got the money to take care of those kids, then what do you care if he has nine? How many kids he has? Well, is he there? giving quality time to all those kids sure he can throw each baby mama a check but if 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 each kid is not getting quality time with both their parents something could go haywire and um you know and and, and it kind of it kind of circles back into this discussion material material things material things are not by itself going to help raise a kid you know you have to spend quality time before before you even have the kid how about planning for for having a kid we we see so i've noticed so many times uh on facebook there's all these you know what's called a a pandemic baby oh you know you got to get yourself a pandemic baby and, and and all that and it's like well we have a well right there there's a pandemic going on so, but but wh- I, all that, like what you're saying, what does that have to do with with pushback against your kids being influenced by this agenda? Because if you properly plan to have a kid, both both parents are there, well, I, and I and and you have a and you have a, a both it's a team effort on 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 raising the kid. There's less likely, not not zero percent, but it's it's less likely that your kid is gonna fall victim 
to this ideology so instead of just oh you know okay but okay i i I don't i don't agree with that at all because for instance you got people actually south park did did a great episode about this when kyle's family moves to san francisco because nobody in south park would buy hybrid cars and they wanted they wanted to feel like they were being of value to society and they had a purpose they were they became staunch hybrid car advocates so much to the point where they saw themselves bigger and better than people that didn't have a hybrid car so much to the point that because not enough people in south park had hybrid cars they decided to up and move to san francisco (laughs) when they up and moved to san francisco they're at a party with all the new neighbors and like you got the parents they're farting in wine glasses just to smell their own farts because that's how full of themselves (laughs) they are and those people they very much plan to have kids they very much have time to for their kids they very much have the resources for their kids but they if that if that agenda presents itself in their household they're probably gonna tell their kids to go the politically correct way of oh well you know you don't judge anybody and you are you are what what yeah. you feel like you are just like just like that that doctor that in that documentary I'm sure she's I'm sure she's very uh, well off and I don't know if she has a husband or whatever but I'm sure she more than if she had children would be more than prepared for children so. What I'm saying is, is that all of that aside, what you're going to have is you're going to have certain households that are for it and certain households that are against it. And it's sad because the households that are for it, those kids can be gobbled up by the agenda. The so, one, so if if you're if the household is against it, then and both parents are on the yeah, same page. You have, but even if it's just one parent, if one parent is is giving the the kid the personality traits, the behavioral traits, the 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 mental fortitude to circumvent a lot of craziness because it exists. Like for instance, remove this agenda, remove this shit. But like the fact that like growing up in a gang infested neighborhood, yeah. I, I was able to circumvent that shit. You yeah. were able to circumvent it. Why? Because of the mental fortitude that we were given so at some point in our upbringing that is like, that shit is whack. Yeah. It's going to land you in jail or dead and you don't want to be a part of it. It's the same thing with this. Like, in fact, I would venture to say, I would venture to say that circumventing gang life is harder because these motherfuckers threatening to kill you. Yeah. Like nobody's threatening to kill. Like if 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 you don't rock I'll, with trans shit, I'll make you get some pear tits. If, if nobody's right, exactly. <laughs> if you don't rock with trans oh. shit as a kid, you might be ostracized. But like you're nobody. None of these trans motherfuckers are threatening to kill you. Yeah, oh, we're gonna fucking. It does speak, we're, we're gonna rape you. Yeah, it does speak volumes to how soft society is. Young, but that's my whole point. Yeah. That's the whole point of what I was saying with the parenting yeah. is that. You have to be willing to push back against this politically correct nonsense. But, but I guess what my argument to an extent is, is yes, you're right. It does start with parenting, but 
look at that school in the documentary where the teachers banded are like, no, we're not going to be teaching this shit. That's more of a communal thing. No, I'm not going to take my my kids to school. I'm going to take them to this to this school. Right, or, but but you what? But that's beautiful to have the social reinforcement. But I'm talking about in a in a scenario in a circumstance. Where the, you don't have the social reinforcement, well, yeah. that the, the social the, case. the social structures are actually working against you, you still have to put up a fight. Yeah, because it's the same thing again. I liken it back to like growing up in the hood, being in a gang infested school with horrible teachers. The social structure is against you. How do you make it? How do you get out? Well, because you have yeah. that mental fortitude is what gets you. And out. the thing too now is like well. One big thing when we were growing up, we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have iPads. We didn't have all that. So I think a lot of a lot of parents now it's like, oh here, have a phone. No, it's not that cut and dry, or at least it shouldn't be. Like just have the every everything that you could ever search for. You should have like there these devices do have parental controls or certain things. And so you're exposed to a lot more. I think didn't we talk about this a, a long time ago? That there was a study that like kids are a lot more exposed to even pornography now than when before. Yeah, like nine, ten years old. Yeah, like that's 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 ridiculous. Because I remember fucking being nine, ten years old, and when I saw a Playboy magazine cover, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> titties. You know what I'm saying? Like now, it's like, oh, no, what are you talking about? This like I've been I've been on Pornhub twice a week. So, so and that's kind of a sad but and, and sick, twisted world that we live in now. So before we wrap up this review, a uh, few specific questions I have about the actual documentary itself. How does Matt Walsh rank for you in regards to a guide through the issues and subject of a documentary compared to other documentaries that you've seen in the past um i've why well, i i'll admit i haven't seen too many transgender documentaries well, but no, but, but documentaries just, in general yeah jo- but just documentaries in general i i think he i think he did a fairly good job because he he didn't let his biases be known right off the rip now I'm sure some of the interviewers like okay I'm Matt this is Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire that's a conservative outlet but I mean he he wasn't he wasn't like a Larry Elder like Larry Elder in in like settings like that is vicious like he he'll, he'll go after you after you but like Matt Walsh kind of I thought was, Matt Walsh was more laid back is was probably the most responsible guide through the topics and issues of a documentary that I've ever seen in my yeah. life. I, I would agree, and I'll tell you why. He left, he asked the questions that he had to ask for the other side to defend themselves. And he almost went about it in a way where if you didn't know he worked for the the Daily Wire and you didn't know where he stood on politics, you really wouldn't have even known where he stood on the issue. And, and also, to add to that, he went uh, point A to point B to point C to point D to point E to point F when it comes to society he went to the medical side of things he went to the 
school, the ac- academic side of things. He went into even the college academic things. He went to the racial part. The, yeah. He went over to Africa. He he went towards the the other sex, you know, like because obviously people say, oh, trans women, trans women. They're men that look now like women, but they're still men. He even went to the women. And so he left a platform there for them to be able to answer these questions or at least to try to answer these questions. And it's like, it was really no debating from him. It was really like trying to get to the truth. There was nothing for them to debate because all he did was just hold up a mirror. Yeah. yeah. That, that's and all. That's yeah. a very simple question, which is a very interesting formula to a documentary because typically with documentaries... I guess with the exception of like March of the Pink, was it March of the Penguins or March for the March of the Penguins, which is a good, really good documentary. It's a relatively simple thing, but typically documentaries, it's a lot more of a complex issue. Yeah, not only that, but too like you've seen documentaries like this to an extent, like religious, but like religious, the difference is religious. You picked like. But, you, but religious was also like a lot more complex. Yeah, than, it was than this. But I also think that, like even Bill Maher, I think would would side with Matt Walsh. Oh, this one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but with religious, I felt like at times when it came to the argument, Bill Maher rigged the game a little bit, like to do, with the dude yeah, that's well, like Jesus. Yeah, his argument, his argument, there was, his argument looked so strong. Because he was arguing against like really whacked out people. Yeah. Like well, like you, like if 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 he had like what I'm like, would he have been able to make his argument look that strong sitting next to a Ben Shapiro? No, I don't know. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Somebody who's religious, like you, you would. It would probably be. It wouldn't even be a wash. I would imagine Ben Shapiro would have ran away with it. Yes. But you, you're. I, and mind you, I'm saying this from the perspective of religious being one of my favorite documentaries yeah. ever. While I don't agree with with Bill Maher on the topic of God, I, I thought it was very interesting how he went about it. And I think the documentary still did some good because there is a lot of wacky people in religion yes. that yeah. does exist. Just like, for instance, I'm a huge advocate of the Second Amendment. Still in all, one of my favorite documentaries ever is Bowling for Columbine. Yeah. That's one of my favorite documentaries ever. So that's the other thing is that like you're getting the perspective of a person that does watch a lot of documentaries and also a person that is not biased when it comes to documentaries, how great this particular docu- documentary was. Yeah. Um, 2022, 2000 Mules, What is a Woman?, does the conservative production of documentaries continue on this trajectory going forward? Yes. Yeah. It, it has to. <laughs> yeah. But the only thing is, will it be recognized? Because we're seeing the success. It's being recognized monetarily, which is undeniable. Like 2,000 Mules, how much eyes it has on it it was a mil- it made a million dollars in yeah. like the first weekend and yeah. mind you these are not movies that are being let out in the mainstream no, movie theaters no, no, these no. are on this very- is grassroots shit yeah. so like i want on one hand you're getting it's like you're you're like 50 cent 
<laughs> you're selling a million records, but like you're not gonna win the Grammy. And at, at one point, at one point, I guess my question would be: my at what point do these documentaries get recognized on that front? And I guess maybe the answer is it will never will. I don't. It, it's never going to as long as the liberal establishment has control of culture. Two so, and mind you guys, two thousand mule right now is five hundred plus audience uh, ratings, a hundred percent. Nice. 500 plus this one is 200 2500 plus 96 so people now, are watching these documentaries and really liking them full disclosure i think um 2000 mules is the more important documentary than what is a woman because quite honestly because what is a woman is just such a Honestly, it's really not even a question we should be asking. It but. really is like a laughable. It, it's yeah. a laughable issue and until that, it gets until it gets to where it's affecting kids. Yeah. Until you watch what is a woman the documentary essentially. And and, it, and in my notes, I had put down there's a very like kind of Seinfeldish curb your enthusiasm type of feel yeah. in the fir- in the first like forty five yeah, minutes yeah. of the documentary. Well, that's what I was gonna say. If the pacing it is like is that of it starts off very funny, kind yes. of laughable. I would say laughable in the sense of like the the asinine nature of this question. Yeah. But then it gets very dark. dramatic and dark and mm-hmm. scary. And that's a very interesting way. And you know, and what's interesting though is the way that the documentary is marketed. It's marketed more like the first half. Like yes. it's marketed like, oh, this is gonna be a lighthearted look into like why motherfuckers can't answer this question. But then you're like, whoa, this is heavy. Yeah. This is scary. This is dangerous. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because life is serious. Like, like we. These are the things. Again, I go back to when people were being asked this question. You know, what is a woman? They couldn't answer. They felt like they were being offensive. Well, how much longer do we have until we're like, oh well, you know, it'll work itself out. Because society is on autopilot. To me, it's like they're. Oh yeah, no, you know, whatever. Teach their own until it's not until it's teach. No, we're fucked now. Like as a society, this this is the final hour, the darkest hour. It it's a it's a trap that I think conservatives have fallen into over the years. Like so, some people will say, "Well, look what liberals have done to our country." No, look what conservatives let liberals do to the country. So yeah. you know, I think both sides do share some blame. But now you're starting to see the rise of conservatives that are fighting back against it. And that's that's going to be interesting. Before we close out, top five documentaries. Out of my top five documentaries of all time, two of them have come out this year. I would put 2,000 Mules and this one in my top five. I would add Bowling for Columbine, um, um, Religious, and... I was actually a, a, a fan, even though again I don't believe in 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 his financial policies or the financial policies that he would he would promote. But in Michael Moore's Capitalism, a love story, I thought that was pretty interesting too. So I, I would say those are my top five. I think I believe I've seen that one, and I think I remember it being pretty good. Uh, top five document. I I got to think about that, but I do think one on the list. 
it was a Netflix documentary a few years ago. It was called The Great Hack. And it was talking about how Trump used it was, it was a very partisan documentary and, and it was talking about how Trump used or manipulated social media to get into the White House. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I thought it was very I, I disagree with how they framed it, mm-hmm. but, you know, I thought it was I thought it was very good. And real quick, they glossed over the fact that Obama used the same tactics. <laughs> so, you know, but this, this one's up there. Uh, Bowling for Columbine is up there. Religious, I would have to rewatch it again. I don't feel like I ever sat and, and watched it like that. I also, you know, really enjoyed that one that you had me watch on the plane. But it's like it was so low key. It was about the black pill. I don't know that I put uh, it on my top five, but I that, feel like the Insomatics one. Yeah, yeah, that one is real. That one is pretty good. Yeah. So I really. I guess like if that I would count that one, I would. I could squeeze that in and bump one of them off my top five, but it's like it's YouTube, you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it still counts, but you know. There was that one too by uh, Mike Cernovich. I thought that one was pretty good. Uh, fuck. Oh, uh, what was that? Hoaxed? Was that hoaxed? Yeah, yeah that was but pretty good. Hoaxed? I think. Uh, no, it was up there. There's another one. Uh, hoaxed. W- w- was good. Oh, uh, this one. This one would definitely not be in my top five, but I think it would be like dope as fuck. The one about uh, um, had to do with the Matrix. Uh, damn it. We we had like rented in an alternate reality. Yeah, it was like yeah. an alternate reality. As I wouldn't put that like not even in the top ten, but I, feel I yeah like, I would I would pick hoaxed over that one. Oh yeah, but that's it's a it's a different yeah. level. But I, like as far as interesting, I would probably put that. But I would have to think about like which ones for sure I'd have on my top five because nice. I've watched quite a few. Real decent. Well, that's our episode for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if you know somebody that is interested in the things that we talk about, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merchandise. We will see you guys next week on Tuesday again. We're out. Peace. Peace.